It's the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day. Touchdown, Los Angeles. You are Locked On Rams, your daily Los Angeles Rams podcast. Part of the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every Keeping it moving. Keeping it moving. What are we doing? Rams Nation. What's happening? What's good? It's your boy Bear Motter of Rams Podcast, but this is Lockdown Rams. Monday edition of Lockdown Rams. And in fact, for the first time of the 2019 season, we can call this Victory Monday. The Rams defeated the Denver Broncos on Saturday with a whopping score of 10 to 6. That touchdown came late in the fourth quarter, delivered on fourth down. By my man John Wolford, which we'll talk about later in the show as we kind of break down that quarterback position and start taking a look at how this roster is going to be filled out, whether it's on the 53 or in the practice squad. But we're here breaking it down all week long. We've got a great slate of content. I'm really excited. Uh, we're looking to continue our series, our Rams Podcast Summit, which we've been doing the past couple of weeks. We're just trying to get everyone in line to find another day where we can all talk. And I'll bring you some of those conversations as we continue to do that. We are now single digits away from the NFL Cutdown Day, which is August 31st. The Rams' last game of the season comes on the 29th against the Houston Texans. Uh, we're going to jump around the league a little bit here, talk a few things, a little crazy weekend as far as the NFL news goes. So we're going to kind of recap a little bit about that. Uh, then we're going to jump into talking about the game, what we saw, whose arrow is trending up, whose arrow is trending down. We're going to talk about that not only today, but all throughout the week. As Like I mentioned, we're now single digits away from roster cutdown. You're looking at this team. There are a lot of guys jumping off the page, and it's going to be a tough decision for Sean McVay and this organization as we get down to 53, 10 practice players. Uh, but again, those practice players can be plucked from around the league to be put on a 53-man roster. Most likely, we're going to have some good guys on that list. We'll have to see how it shakes down. There's going to be some questionable, which way do you prefer as far as the roster spots go and who you really like for that position? We'll talk about it. We're going to have Jake Ellenbogen on again this week. We're going to do another crossover as we look at another team that we play on the schedule. So a lot of good stuff coming up. Guys, don't forget you can find us on Spotify, iTunes, Google Podcasts, and Himalaya. Hit us up for social media, Lockdown Rams, all accounts. LA underscore Rambling Bear is my personal on Twitter. Questions, comments, concerns, roster battles, all that stuff. Uh, we want to know what you guys are thinking as we get... Man, we're down to the nitty-gritty here. Last week, one more game to go. And at this point, we will be sitting basically everyone, as you noticed in Saturday's game. We didn't even see Blake Bortles. I went straight to Allen and Wolford were our two quarterbacks in this game. Again, we'll break down both their performances and how we thought about that. I think you have a pretty good idea where I'm leaning for as far as that backup backup quarterback position goes. But coming into this fourth preseason game, uh, even if you do play your starters throughout the league, this is kind of notoriously known as basically the backup game. You're not going to see very much of anybody at this point. And there's reasons for that. We saw that going around the NFL. I want to say a big shout out before we get going to everyone that participated in our Locked On Rams Fantasy Football League. I know we had a couple players. We, we kind of thought we had you in, but we didn't. And we had some miscommunication, but we ended up getting 12. So I appreciate everyone that came in. If you didn't get in, we'll look to get you in next year, have a rotation of this. Uh, maybe if this gets to become a popular thing, we'll, we'll jump out and have two leagues. But appreciate everyone coming in. But as we did our draft, 
someone picked Lamar Miller up, and within the next hour, Lamar Miller was out being carted off the field with a knee injury at the time. We didn't know know, how bad it was. Comes out later that he does have a torn ACL. He will be out for the season. Hours after that, we found out that Andrew Luck was retiring. Indianapolis Colts were having a preseason game at home. He actually went out onto the field after he, you know, told the teammates, kind of told the coaches in the organization. He ended up getting booed by the home crowd. I think that's something we could debate here on the show and maybe talk about throughout the week. A lot of people not very happy about that. And I, I would not be one of the people booing if I was in the stands. But I understand where some of this frustration, two weeks out from the season, you knew he had some ankle injuries that he was dealing with. Uh, but you didn't expect him to walk away from the game. He said afterwards in a press conference that emotionally, physically, he's just drained from all the injuries the past four years. He's either had an injury, be recovering from an injury, or playing while hurt. Uh, and it's just a cycle that he is just basically at this point has exhausted him, so he's ready to walk away. Uh, I can't complain too much with that. The timing was a little weird for me, and if you're at the game, uh, you guys got to remember, thinking back a few years, they basically forced Peyton Manning out of Indianapolis as he was having his neck issues, went to have neck surgery, and they basically said, hey, we're drafting this guy, and he's going to be the quarterback of the future. Uh, you remember the whole interesting thing, where's Peyton Manning going? Ended up in Denver, wound up in two Super Bowls, won one of them. But the Indianapolis Colts really thought that Andrew Luck was going to last, what, more than three years, four years after Peyton Manning was basically uh, pushed out of Indianapolis, but that wasn't the case. He has retired at the age of 29. Wish him all the best of luck. But I thought that was an interesting story that kind of took over the NFL. Again, the injury to LeVar Miller. We saw in our own division an injury to Hakeem Butler, who was you know projected starter out in Arizona. They went and signed Michael Crabtree. Signed him to a deal, which makes it fun. We thought they were going to sign him about a month ago, and it kind of fell through. Uh, he is now signed. We get that whole Talib matchup. You also get him versus Richard Sherman, which was a, a fun matchup in the time when Sherman was up in Seattle and he was down at San Francisco. Uh, they flipped as far as in the NFC West. They're all in different teams now. But, man, that's going to make for some fun matchups. And looking at the injuries on our own team, obviously we know Micah Kaiser is out for the year potentially maybe a late return with him. They haven't given exact details on how that shoulder pec area is going to recover from the surgery. But we also lost Josh Carraway, a linebacker, tore his Achilles on Saturday. That's a big bummer. Another linebacker that was looking to make this roster, especially with some of the injuries in front of him. Uh, We've seen him on the roster last year, uh, as well as Aaron Neary, a guy that we kind of talked about here in the past with Jake Ellenbogen as one of those guys that had shown some flash on that offensive line. He fractured his ankle. It's going to require some surgery. We don't know the exact timetable for him, but again, ankle injury, surgery, those things kind of add up to you know basically missing majority of the season, especially as a guy that was looking for a roster spot, not so much guaranteed one. So uh, a bummer for both those guys uh, coming out of that Saturday game. And then continuing on on some of the NFL news, if we haven't heard enough of Antonio Brown and his damn helmet, he was rejected again, his second appeal to the NFL. They are still saying no. You have to pick one of these helmets. Maybe we'll see on Hard Knocks this Tuesday how that all goes down. We've got a couple episodes to the left of that. I know most of you guys, just like me, we're not Raider fans, but I am a fan of Hard Knocks. I really enjoy uh, being behind the scenes on all of this, listening to John Gruden talk, hearing about the X's and O's and how practices run and all those type of things. So we'll hear a little bit more about that. But man, an interesting couple of days. I step away from the podcast for three days 
And this is what we get. We get a bunch of out-for-the-season type of injuries, including our own guys. Uh, the Rams finally get a win, which we'll break down here in the next segment. And a lot of NFL news, man. This is We are just around the corner. Fantasy drafts are happening left and right. In fact, I'm flying out later this week to Chicago. Two leagues that I've been in for 10-plus years. Uh, these guys get together, draft in person, so I'll be out there. I'll keep you up to date on my schedule. Returning from that, maybe a little late on next Monday's podcast. We got a week to figure that out. We'll talk about that. Guys, before we get over the next segment, I had mentioned this a couple times, but starting as early as maybe tomorrow, we've got a new format to the beginning of the show, which is going to be exciting. We've made this amazing partnership with Google. We are now going to be the go-to source for Google Voice and all of Google Home's technology. Whenever you ask Google, hey, Google, tell me about my Los Angeles Rams. It's going to be your boy, Bear Motter, breaking it down, telling you a one-minute segment and a five-minute segment about all of the news that you need to hear. So how the show is really going to break down in the first segment is going to be your story of the day. And that will be something that you'll get used to hearing. We will start out with the story of the day for the Los Angeles Rams. The rest of the show will fall in place as we have guests on, as we look further into topics to break down. But keep an eye out for that or keep an ear out for that because that's coming here pretty soon. Really excited about that partnership with Google. You can't get much better than that than a partnership with Google. So we're really excited about that here on the Lockdown Podcast Network. Also, we'll be getting back to our NFL Wednesday crossovers. The NFL season begins next week, which means crossover Wednesdays are back. We've been doing it on Thursdays. We've been doing them on Fridays. We've been kind of having them all over the place here. But Wednesdays, you can guarantee we'll be back with our crossover Wednesday for the entire regular season of the NFL. You will get a special episode every Wednesday as we host the opposing side to come on over and preview the game that is happening that week. So we're excited to bring that back as well. We always love doing the crossovers. We have a good time with that. We've got a great schedule, which means we've got a lot of great hosts coming and talking with us. But we're off and running, man. Monday edition Lockdown Rams, your team, every day, only on the Lockdown Podcast Network. What we're going to do is we're going to step aside. We're going to take a break. We'll be back, second segment, Monday edition, right after this. Before we kick over to the next segment, guys, we got to talk about some sex. And I'm not just talking about regular old boring sex. I'm talking about that good, good, that good sex. Remember the days when you were always ready to go? Well, now you can increase your performance and get that extra confidence in bed. Listen up. It's this easy. You got to go to bluechew.com. That's right. Like the color blue. Blue Chew brings you the first chewable with the same FDA-approved active ingredients as Viagra and Cialis. So you know they work. You can take them anytime, day, night. Full stomach, empty stomach, it doesn't matter. They're chewable, so they work up to twice as fast as the pills. So you can be ready whenever the opportunity arises. Pun intended. Again, it isn't just for the guys who can't perform. We talked about this. This is for any guy who needs that extra little boost to get across the end zone in the bedroom. We're talking, I made the joke about the Rams only scoring three points in the Super Bowl. Well, well, we only mustered up three points again, so these guys must not be taking the blue chew. We got to get our second and third string some blue chew pills right away because, again, this performance is going to go up instantly. You're going to tell the difference right away. And right now, we've got a special offer just for our listener. Visit bluechew.com. Get your first shipment for free when using the promo code Locked On. All you have to do is pay the $5 shipping. Again, bluechew.com, promo code Locked On. Try it for free. Blue Chew is better, cheaper, faster choice. And we thank them for sponsoring the podcast. We'll be right back, Tuesday edition Locked On Rams, right after this. Hey, 
The Suns rise in Orlando, but their playoff hopes set in the West. From our local experts to your ears, these are the biggest stories on the Locked On Podcast Network. Despite finishing a perfect 8-0 in the NBA bubble, the Phoenix Suns are leaving without a playoff berth. Check out Locked On Suns today for a postmortem on an amazing run by Devin Booker and company. That's all thanks to tiebreakers and a Karis LeVert jumper that rimmed out, giving the Portland Trail Blazers a win and a meeting with the Memphis Grizzlies in a play-in series for the Western Conference 8th seed. That begins on Saturday. Beginning today, all of the Locked On NBA playoff teams will be previewing the playoffs with special crossover shows. Scout your team and your opponent on the Locked On Podcast Network. Local experts on the biggest stories, it's the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day. They don't want to squeeze, but they want the juice. Hey, and don't follow me, I don't make an excuse. All right, welcome back, Rams Nation. This is the Monday edition, Locked On Rams, your team every day, only on the Locked On Podcast Network. And we are kicking off this Monday show. We talked a little bit about the things that are happening around the NFL, some craziness with Andrew Luck retiring at the age of 29, which I think it's going to take a little while for us to recoup and figure out what really happened with that. As for the Rams, man, we had a game on Saturday, the first one and only one at the Coliseum, $316 million project of giving the Coliseum a facelift. And I said before that there was going to be no more cranes holding over the stadium and you're going to be at ease while you're there. Well, I was wrong. They still got some cranes up. I don't know why, what they're still doing, maybe on the exterior of the building. But I saw the cranes in the background as I saw some beautiful shots put up from you guys out at the stadium with the sunset going. But I saw some cranes still. So, you know, maybe they'll get that taken care of by the regular season. Maybe not. Maybe they're still doing some stuff. But just remove the cranes and we're good, man. Take the cranes down. But all in all, we had a pretty good showing from the Rams again. You know, we started with our third quarterback. We had most of our backups in there. Nobody really that we're going to see. We didn't even get to see Bryce Hager at linebacker. They kept him out for obvious reasons, right? We just lost Micah Kaiser. No reason to get the guy that potentially is going to replace him. And I know you're going to have arguments for me and some of the others here in the Rams podcast world that... You know, maybe Bryce Hager isn't the next one up, but in all accounts, it kind of looks that way for right now. That's going to be a rotating shared role until they really find who they like at that position with obvious factors turning to Bryce being the first guy to get that opportunity. But he didn't play. Uh, But from what we saw, we still saw a lot of good stuff from from people. The opening drive, I mean, talking about the opening drive, a 51-yard bomb to Mike Thomas right out the gate down the right side. A beautiful throw by Allen, who I've been critical of, and I'll still be critical of. There's a couple things that we'll get to throughout this podcast that were still frustrating watching him. But uh, a beautiful throw down the right-hand side. Uh, it ended up in no points. The Rams went for it on fourth down, which I like to see McVay kind of in these preseason games being a little risky. We know Greg Zerline can come in and kick a 36-yard field goal, so it's fourth and you know maybe half a yard. Let's go for it. Let's see what we can do as far as production-wise. Can we move the football a foot? Well, your answer was no at that point. They gave a, a run to Henderson. He got stuffed in the backfield. It was a turnover on downs. And we saw the Rams go for it a handful of times on fourth downs. And really, like I said, love seeing that. It's the preseason. Let it loose a little bit. Uh, defense, the one thing I will say is we got good pressure on the quarterback throughout the game. We saw a lot of Oboe which is nice to see him coming off the edge and looking really, really productive. Going into the secondary, Kevin Peterson, man, another pick this time. Uh, it was actually a tip off Dakota Allen. 
Uh, this was, I believe, in the third quarter, if I have it right, maybe the second quarter. Uh, but it was around the 50-yard line. Really good. Kevin Peterson, again, really stood out as far as making plays. Another interception kind of just keeps showing up on the stat line. Uh, Taylor Rapp in there again uh, in the backfield a couple times. He missed a couple tackles. But again, I love the aggressiveness playing up front at the line of scrimmage. You got to love that. Uh, their first defensive stand really was a 10-play drive that didn't pass the 40-yard line and ended up in a punt. JoJo had a great return on that. There was a holding call, which brought it back. But again, he was able to show his elusiveness. He was the first returner back there. Kind of starts to give you a signal as if that's the direction we were going. We saw multiple people back there returning punts throughout the game, but JoJo was given the first nod. And really, he, he caught the ball inside the 10 Wiggles way up to about the 30. There was a hold which brought it back, but he showed why he was our returner last year and why we could have some faith in him moving forward this year. Getting back to the offensive side of the ball, Allen, who was in the game for majority of the first half, they did bring in Wolford near the end of the first half and then re-brought Allen back out in the third quarter. They kind of went back and forth. Allen went 12 for 19, 162 yards. A lot of that on that 51-yard bomb down the right side. No touchdowns, no interceptions, didn't take a sack. Looked a lot better at the quarterback position this game. Uh, John Wolford, who came in for him in the second half, or let's just say late in the second quarter, and then again later in the second half, went 6 for 12, 64 yards and a touchdown. And you're asking me, hmm, Wolford went 6 for 12. Allen went 12 for 19 with 162 yards, but still, but still, I just love the way Wolford plays a lot better. The offense looks a lot more comfortable when he's out there. Although I will give Allen credit, he stood up. I put in my notes that he stood in the pocket. He looked as comfortable as he's ever looked back there, delivered the ball under pressure. And so he's really making it tough for Sean McVay and, and John Wolford to kind of make that jump over top of him, especially with the experience that he has, not only in the NFL, but in this system with the Rams. Uh, but there's something about the way that John Wolford moves back there, whether he's rolling out uh, or keeping a play alive or delivering the ball on a rope. He missed a couple passes where he was just overthrew a guy with some muscle on the throw. Um, both of them had a fourth down and goal situation. Allen threw the ball short to Johnny Munt, who actually made a heck of a play and almost scored at the pylon, reaching in. They had to review it. They called it no touchdown. It stood as no touchdown. Still a little questionable. Maybe they could have looked at it a little bit longer. Uh, but he threw the ball short, made his receiver slash tight end go and make the play. Johnny Munt was just not able to get in. The other fourth down, John Wolford had, goes into the end zone, across the middle on a bullet to Jalen Green for a touchdown who kind of high-stepped in the end zone. The only touchdown of the game for the Rams. And again, both those guys getting an opportunity on a fourth down conversion. Uh, it just looked sloppy from Allen inside the 20. Uh, Wolford looked a little bit more comfortable. Again, I think I'm biased at this point. It might be tough to kind of break these guys down, but that's just kind of what I saw. Allen put up a little bit better stats. Wolford just seems to look more comfortable. Will he make the practice squad? We'll see. There's a few days left. The Rams game on Thursday. These guys are both going to get another shot at it. We'll see how production goes. Uh, what we'll do is we'll step aside. We'll take a break. I'll be right back. Third segment. We're going to keep talking the game on Saturday, how we can look at this roster as it starts to come to. There's a lot of questions at the wide receiver, Mark. Who's making moves? Who's not? Same in the secondary on the defense. A lot of good guys. Not a lot of spots. We'll talk about that on the other side. Monday edition Lockdown Rams right after this. 
what are we doing? This is Vinny Iyer, host of Locked on Fancy Football with your Locked on Fancy Football Edge of the Day. Tight end is a prime position for finding fancy football sleeper value in 2020. After George Kittle and Travis Kelsey go off the board early, don't worry. You can wait and still get some great return for a starter at the position. The two prime targets both have HH for initials, the Chargers Hunter Henry and the Falcons Hayden Hurst. A healthy Henry can have a monster downfield receiving season for new QB Tyrod Taylor and carries high TD upside. As for Hurst, he's stepping right into the productive spot vacated by Austin Hooper in Atlanta as key support to Matt Ryan, Julio Jones, and Calvin Ridley. Trust in Henry a little earlier and Hurst a little later to give you some pleasing tight end one results. Get the edge in your fantasy football league every day by listening to Locked On Fantasy Football on your preferred podcast provider. All right, Rams Nation, we are back. Third and final segment, Monday edition. Your boy Bear breaking it all down. Lockdown Rams, your team every day, only on the Lockdown Podcast Network. Don't forget to hit us up at Lockdown Rams, Instagram, Twitter, Facebook. Say what's up. Also hit me up, LA underscore Rambling Bear on my personal on Twitter. Now, again, we talked about most of these guys played second, third, four-string guys. The good news is the Rams had a full practice before the game. Sean McVay had the guys out there in pads, running around, getting some work in. A lot of the commentators, including J.B. Long, who I listened to for a handful of time as I had to drop a friend off during the game, was talking about seeing these guys out there, getting a sweat in, working out on the field, Sean McVay running them through almost basically what seemed like a full practice. So those guys are still getting work. They did an inner squad scrimmage earlier in the week, so they are still getting ready for the regular season. A lot of questions about this. How are you going to approach the preseason? Sean McVay, basically the same as last year, holding out starters. It seemed to work then. Jared Goff is very comfortable with this. The rest of the team, we should be fine. Uh, But guys that did play, John Kelly, Got 10 carries, 32 yards, along of 10. Had a nasty stiff arm on the side. It was great to see him get physical in there. It's kind of part of the game that we haven't got to see much. He did represent that back in Tennessee. He was kind of a violent runner at times, so uh, it was awesome to see him kind of put somebody on on their back. Uh, Daryl Henderson, 11 carries, 28 yards. They were using him early and often. Uh, He also saw some out of the backfield, one catch for four yards. Uh, Looking at the wide receiver position, Michael Thomas jumped off the page early and often. Three catches, 76 yards, that 51 bomb that I talked about earlier. Kaderil Hodge kind of came on late. Those two guys are really where it's at at the wide receiver position. Along with Nasimba Webster, Kaderil Hodge had three catches, 54 yards, targeted four times. Nasimba Webster, four catches, 47 yards, also targeted Four times, and we saw Johnny Munt get some action, as I mentioned. Three catches, 24 yards, four targets there. But those first three names that I talked about, Michael Thomas, Kaderil Hodge, and Nasimba Webster, how many are we going to keep? There was kind of a back and forth on Twitter between Michael Thomas, Kaderil Hodge, who'd you like? Some people thought Hodge is the bigger playmaker, bigger upside as far as speed. You got other people saying, well, Mike Thomas's size and his consistency and you know, we haven't seen really what he's capable of yet. And we're seeing some of this in the preseason. So wow, let's keep him. I think it's going to be a tough decision. Then you got Nisimba Webster, who has got all the upside in the world. Seems to be every time he's on the on the field, especially with Wolford, they seem to be connecting. Uh, so those three guys, is do you keep two? 
Do you keep one? That's the big question when it comes down to the roster. I think we keep two. It's interesting if Webster can really make a push for JoJo. I mentioned earlier that JoJo was the first one out there on returns. We did see December Webster back there. That might be a play to kind of work his way through special teams. But again, you come down to this point where you got to kick somebody out. Who's it going to be? If I'm picking... Honestly, I think Michael Thomas has had his fair shake here with the Rams. I think it's time to move on. I really love Kadero Hodge. I was big on him last year as he made uh, those last final cuts. He's got tremendous speed. He's got good size. He's really improved. I love watching him in the offseason, kind of just following around on social media. You see him always, always grinding, putting in that work. And I'm not saying anyone else is not, just because I haven't followed everybody's social media. But uh, the amount of work and how serious he takes it, I, I love what I've seen from Hodge. And then Webster is just really raw young product at one point was leading the NCAA in reception and yards last year he got a little banged up missed a handful of games really dropped on that list but you know he's productive not only when he catches it but after the run he seems to make those crazy catches he always seems to be there he's a very smart football player he knows how to sit down in his zone and find his space we've seen him show that ability I think I really like his upside so out of those two I'd probably take Hodge and Webster but I wouldn't see this as a wrong decision in any way shape or form however you break it down and then defensively we got to talk about it a little bit before we get out of here because I just got a little ranting and rolling talking NFL news talking about this offense Traven Howard had an amazing game on the defense side of the ball. He had eight tackles, eight solo tackles. He was flying over left and right. As we're talking about linebackers that need to make a push, I think this is one of those guys that has basically gotten to that point of solidifying a spot. You have a performance like this. Yes, there's still uh, room to wiggle around guys like this. Troy Reader, another guy, I don't think he's going to make the cut. He had five tackles, four solo uh, he missed a big tackle in the open field where guy put a spin move on him and kind of made him look silly at a perfect at a, a certain point. He's played well at times, but I just don't know how deep and what they're trying to keep there. Dakota Allen, a fan favorite, drafted late this year. Last chance you product, very familiar and comfortable in front of the camera. But that man flies around the field. And I know that Bryce Hager is really the odds-on favorite to get that starting position. I would love to see it to go to Dakota Allen. I know he hasn't really earned it that much at this point. He's only had a limited amount of time. He was a little banged up as camp started. It wasn't in there from the get-go. But everything you've seen from him, he is flying around the field, always involved. He's got to improve, obviously, in the pass-catching area. But he did tip that pass to Peterson, who got the interception. Uh, he just seems to be involved in every play of the positive. Uh, there are cert certain things that he needs to fix up on his game, but Dakota Allen, I would basically consider him a part of this 53. He has earned that right, and I really just love his upside. It was awesome to see Morgan Fox back out on the field. He looked like AD uh, he, at one of the plays. He didn't get a sack, but man, he swiped his hands across the O-line and got right back to the quarterback, hit a huge hit on the quarterback. The quarterback got rid of the ball. It was an incomplete pass, but man, Morgan Fox seeing him back there. We also saw John Franklin Myers get a sack in the game. Uh, it was great pressure from Oboe on the outside to really continue to put pressure on this quarterback throughout the game, especially late in the game. Uh, it seemed like every third down they got into, they were getting a quarterback uncomfortable throwing, whether he's getting hit or on the run. Darius Williams in the secondary was playing big. He had back-to-back -back pass breakups in the fourth quarter. 
Uh, again, another guy flying around and continuing to be on film. We talked about Kevin Peterson interception, a guy that might have played his way onto this roster. Uh, he was making a push last year until he got hurt. Coming back healthy, he's got two interceptions in the preseason so far. Uh, he also had two tackles, a couple pass deflects. He had a great game on the defense side of the ball. And I know I've mentioned Oboe a couple times, not statistically jumping off the table with sacks or tackles or anything like that. But again, uh, always seemed to be up in the mix. Greg Gaines, seeing the rookie out there up in the middle was nice as well. Got some limited time early in the game. I mean, just looking at the stat sheet, just naming people, obviously the rookie David Long getting in there and, and had a couple pass deflects, had a couple tackles, was involved in some plays. Hatfield, uh, this is going to be a tough roster to shape up. They're going to have a lot of guys on the practice squad that could potentially play across the NFL, but it's nice to see the depth of this team. Uh, you know, we talk about getting to the Super Bowl last year and, and coming up short, and how are you going to rebound? I think this team is as deep as last year, if not deeper from top to bottom. We had some roster battles going into last season, but not as many as we have this year. And we're again, as we mentioned earlier in the first couple segments, we're talking about two, three available slots. Everyone else is really filled out. How will these guys be able to contribute on special teams? How many wide receivers are we going to take? How many DBs are they willing to take? You know, we, we may have, again, the wide receiver. Is it six? Is it seven? Do they like all those three guys I mentioned earlier? That really plays a wave effect on the rest of the roster. If they take seven, where are they going to take one less? I'm so interested to be inside a fly on the wall in Sean McVay and that big board that they have as they're moving pieces around to get to that 53. I can't wait. We are a week away from that happening. We've got one more preseason game, which we will break down here on the show. And then we're talking about live football, man. And that's when it happens. Uh, as we mentioned, injuries earlier. Cam Newton went out with an ankle injury. They're kind of playing it off as not that big of a deal. He's obviously going to sit in week four of the preseason. They say he should be ready for week one. But if we got a gimpy Cam in week one, man, that's going to be some exciting football in Carolina. Can't wait for it. But with that said, I kind of spewed some stuff out, man. I, I came, I turned the mic on. I was excited. I had a bunch of notes. This is probably the most I got to watch of a preseason game uh, for the Rams this year. I've been kind of having some crazy weekends with family and whatnot and watching bits and pieces here and there and watching on my phone and following downtown Rams on Twitter as they're kind of going play by play. Uh, but I actually got to sit there, crack a beer, watch this game. So it, it was really fun to watch all these guys go out there and compete for just those handful of spots that I talked about. So we'll break it down more tomorrow as we get more time to kind of look a bit, a little bit further in. We'll really narrow down how we think this roster is going to be built. Also looking forward to having our new Google segment at the very beginning. It may be different at the very beginning, but you guys will get used to it. It's going to be the Rams' number one story of the day. We'll break that first, and then we'll go into our second and third segment. I'm excited. So many things to get excited about here as the football season is just around the corner. I hope you guys are having a great time with all your fantasy drafts. Getting your pickums out of the way, which I will release a link for that very soon. As Lockdown Rams will be doing our survival pickem pool as well. With that, you know what it is, Rams Nation. Until next time, peace. Hey, Locked On listeners, you already love our network of NFL shows, so why go anywhere else for the fancy football information you need to know for the 2020 season? You just need to check out Locked On Fancy Football, hosted by me, Vinny Iyer. 
We're counting down to the season by breaking down players and teams every day. It's no-nonsense, straight-to-the-point, smart fantasy football analysis that has only two goals in mind, helping you dominate your drafts and win your league championship. That's Locked On Fantasy Football, only on the Locked On Network. 